Well, hello. Welcome back to another scary episode of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LeBooth. I've got some skelly, skelly stuff for you today, boys and girls. So sit back, relax, take your mind off of work and everything for a while, and listen to some scary stuff with your friend Stephen LeBooth. Welcome back, everybody. This is Ghost Stories Told from the South, and I'm your host with the most, baby, Uncle Booth. Uncle Booth. Wow, I'm a jackass. Uh, Stephen, man, how is everybody doing? It's Stephen LeBooth, ready to tell you some good old creepy stories. Sorry if these are uh, short stories. I had a little issue with the family. So, him and nephew's got a bad heart, so he's got a long road to recovery, and he's only 23, but he can do it. So, I'll put all I could into these real quick, uh, but he's back at home, so I'll be back on track, and I hope these are some good stories for you. Like I said, since it's uh, <clears throat> springtime and people go camping, I'm doing haunted like uh, campgrounds and uh, swimming holes, stuff like that. So, oh, and I just want to say thank you to everybody. This is only uh, April the 4th, and I've already got 150 downloads. Yeah, it's freaking crazy, man. You guys are awesome, and my uh, followers keep growing. I got some more uh, new members on all my platforms. Uh, so thank you, new listeners, and uh, hey, and thank you to the guys who listen all the time, man. I want to say thank you to everybody, and we're being heard and like, I don't know how many countries now. I know Canada's being a, they're downloading pretty regularly. Um, God, oh, Germany, Poland, uh, New Zealand, Spain, Australia. Um, if I'm leaving anybody out, I'm sorry, but I'm trying to remember. It's just, it's just all cool. It's all just very humbling to me. I just, it's pretty cool. The little old me gets heard from around the world. <laughs> but. If that's it, then I'm going to go get with the stories. So kick back, relax, kick your feet back and get a good blanket. Because it's time for our first story, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, our first story is about the Silver Strait, the Silver Strait Campground. It's in uh, Coronada Island in uh, San Diego, I think. Anyways, just a few miles north of the Silver Strait uh, campground is the famous Hotel Del Coronada. Oh yeah, we've covered covered that one. But I don't think this is talking about that. It's talk, well, let's just see. It's been a while. <coughs> All right. It is uh, here that you may just catch a uh, glimpse of a certain ghost that is said to roam the uh, shore, the shore, to roam the shoreline in the front of the hotel. The ghost is that of Kate Morgan, who checked into the hotel in in, in eighteen ninety two, but never checked out. It seems Kate uh, seems Kate was distraught that her lover never 
never sh Jackson, keep it down back there. That her lover never showed up at the hotel. See, I've noticed that in a lot of these haunted places. It usually involves a woman because she's mad because her lover cheated on her. Or that she uh, didn't meet with him or something. Or he stood her up. So, if you make a vow, just, this is just a lesson, guys. If you tell a woman you're going to be there, be there. Because she'll haunt you till the day you die. And then she'll haunt, haunt everybody else, too. Because you're a mistake of leaving her there, you dumbass. So... Quit doing that stuff, guys. Um, where was I? Okay, after waiting for five days, she killed herself with a with a handgun. She perched. She purchased in San Diego. Although Kate's ghostly activities have mostly been experienced in or around her third floor uh, guest room. She does also. She has also been spotted in the hallways and along the uh, seashores. Kate Morgan. Okay, Kate. Uh, Kate Morgan, closer to the camp, just off the Imperial Beach. You might get lucky on a low tide and spot the uh, the Cunning Tower. And shugging, sh sunken remains of the USS 537 submarine. The submarine saw plenty of action during World War II, but it was uh, it was responsible for seeking sinking the Japanese destroyer Nakashua, among other vessels. Some say the Japanese sailors killed by the 537 uh, still haunt the submarine. There have been uh, accounts of seeing strange luminous shapes in the waves as they wash over the wreck, uh, wreck during the night at low tide. Shapes that look like bodies trying to either get in or out of the submarine. It's prob probably not a good place to go swim at night. Yeah, someone go swimming there and tell me how that uh, does for you. Oh, see what else? Well, that's about it on the Silver Strait State Park. That one was pretty good. Not too shabby, I say. Not too shabby. Pretty scary. So maybe uh, somebody can report that for me. That would be kind of cool to go there, to go that old shipwreck, see if you'd see anything. That'd be kind of creepy. Well... All right, fellers and ladies, let's get on with the next, uh, well, let's do a quick commercial break real quick, and I'll come right back, guys, and we'll uh, get on with the next story. Well, how's everybody doing today? This is good old friend Uncle Dickie from Borderline Texas Trash, the most popular podcast in the world today. It's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a stein, baby. Well... If you're wondering, what the hell is Borderline Texas Trash about? And who is it, some bitch Uncle Boo? Well, Uncle Boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting today, baby. We're going to get funky like a monkey on some ton of greens. I'm coming in on white lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day. Talk about 
uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that. And we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts, do a little joking around. And my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called Ash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Boothville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. And we have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Corner. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline, Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. Uh, I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. So go check us out, man, and come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dickie, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, babies. Because we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I've wine and dined with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, Borderline Texas Trash. Don't forget about it. If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politic bullshit... <laughs> Come check my show out. Come check me and my crazy family out. Some of the shit we do, we do live uh, shows from the barbecue. So I'll see you later. Bye. Well, I hope you like that commercial. Okay, we've got another story that's pretty good, too. This one's a little shorty, but it's pretty good. This one is called The Humboldt. Redwood State Park. It is one of the uh, campsites in California where people see spirits. The park is an ancient forest that was scared uh, that was scattered to oh that was scared to uh, many natives. Okay, so the forest too the uh, this forest this typical forest the uh, natives kind of stayed out of it too. Some of the visitors see spirits of these Indians late at night. Even more common is seeing a mysterious large human figure rushing through the trees. People say it is Bigfoot, but no one has even gotten close enough to be sure to see what they have seen. Ooh, that one seems pretty interesting, too. Well. Oh, here's some more on it. This is, uh, this right here is kind of like about the whole redwood forest in California. Knows how to party. Oh, let me get a drink. And get back to business. Okay. California's Redwood Coast may be one of the most haunted areas along the Pacific, with ghostly tales about places in Eureka, Simono, and Federal, and and Scotty, all within about 20 miles of the Redwood River Walk Hotel in Frontunia, California. That's a mouthful. 
in addition to spirits in the Fidel, Fernandez <coughs> Theater in the uh, Rose Cottage, in and Rose Co- Cottage, some say Saint Mary's Cemetery is haunted by a girl named Sarah. In Scatia, ghostly footprints and voices can be heard on the third floor of the Scatia Inn. And there were reports of a young boy playing with a ball. The area around Eureka is reported to be one of the most haunted places in California. Local historians suggest it might be appar- uh, it might be because of the because of Eureka's wild and battle and badly past, from which many historic buildings remain. In the 1800s, Eureka was a uh, bustling port where crowds of sailors, lumberjacks, and gold miners gathered. And drinking, gambling, and prostitution and violence were very common. Native American spirits... Y'all stop! Sorry about that, guys. It's my... uh, Studio dogs are being jerks. They're just in a playful mood today. Uh, that was, uh, anyways. That sorry about that. I had to get them dogs out of here. They started playing and barking real loud. Pissed me off. Uh, where was I? Okay. Native American spirits also may linger because of the 1860 massacre of the Wata Wata. Excuse me, the Wata people at Indian Island. Uh, followed by similar attacks on the other uh, Wata villages. Just across uh, Humboldt uh, Humboldt Bay from Indian Island, the entire town of Samoa is said to be haunted, especially on Katie Man Court Street. In Eureka, the Fort Humboldt State Historic Park, the uh, Carson uh, the Carson ma- uh, Mansion, and the uh, Clerk ha- uh, Historical Museum, and the Morris Graves and Museum of Art, and the uh, Eureka's Books and the Eureka Theater all have been said to have resident ghosts there. Former residents still haunt the buildings that were private homes as well. One longtime Eureka resident, whose home had once been used as an opera house, reported hearing sounds of children in a deep male voice that seemed to be uh, protecting them. That would flip me the fuck out. I think I would crap my pants and leave. I would be gone. Okay. According to the old town uh, Haunted History Tours, there are an amazing number of places in the old town of Eureka that are haunted or have been reported ghost sightings. 27 in all. These two-hour historical paranormal walking tours highlight Eureka's other side of history. Visitors, <clears throat> visitors travel these streets of the old town while they listen to the stories of Eureka's bad past and haunted present tales of uh, eerie tragedy and speakeasy shootouts unhappy spirits of harassed women too cala cowhill october 27th of 2016 and more 
Oh, well, I guess something happened on that day that didn't make any sense. It didn't tell me what happened on that day. Anyways, some of the highlights include the uh, Venison Hall or the the Vance Hall, the Vance Hotel, the Eagle House, the Eagle House Victorian Inn, the Aberon Grill, the Opera Alley, and the Hans Henry Budney Building. The oldest in Eureka, their, their Captain Bowen, Apparently, still mourns his wife who tragically drowned at Hamboldt Bay. Sorry about that. Had to record the sirens were going off in town for some reason. Okay, where was that? Morning of the day. Okay. Okay. Well, that's uh, how haunted. Okay, how haunted is the Redwood Coast? Tells like these might. Or tales of these come to mind at Halloween, so you can go, can go, you can go explore these places, guys, and check them out for me. This was in uh, California. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, these are short, but I was I was trying really hard. Okay. Well, we got. You know what? I got this shorty. I'll just do it and not do a commercial right now. What do you say? All right. Here's our, uh, here's my next story. Okay. Our next story is the, uh, what were we at here? We, this one is the Big Moose Lake in New York. This is called the Grace Brown story. Grace Brown was the daughter of a successful farmer and factory worker from the town of Oscatelic. But living in Cortland, over 50 miles away from Big Big Moose Lake, she worked in the uh, Gillette Skirt Factory where the owner's nephew, Chester uh, Gillette, soon took notice of her and well-known womanizer he became he began pursuing a relationship with the uh, beautiful grace in 1906 two years after beginning the relationship grace discovered that she was pregnant she uh, tried to convince gerald to marry her but when he but when he uh, heeded saying he needed time to think brown moved back to austin Ostelic to live with uh, her, or Grace moved back to live with her parents. And however, when she learned that Gillette was using his time to see other women, she moved back ASAP. One more, once more, Brown attempted to convince Gillette to marry her and express worry about uh, worry about her family, saying that she would not like to burdened her mother with the fact that she was pregnant before marriage. Finally, Gillette said yes. While said he would marry her during a holiday trip to the Andraducks. The Andraducks. Okay, a holiday trip to the Andraducks. Whatever that is. 
Brown and Gillette took a trip to Moose Lake where they uh, rented a rowboat and strung out into the water. Once they were there, however, Chester uh, struck Grace with a tennis racket, causing her to fall into the lake and drown. Brown's body was found washed up on the shore the next day, and Gillette was later arrested for being uh, identified by a witness who was uh, executed two years uh, earlier. Oh, he was executed two, year, two years later. Oh, uh, Gillette was. Grace Brown's murder was the inspiration for many books, such as The Ballot, An American Tragedy by Theodore Treaser. Her death also inspired the movie A Place in the Sun, based on the uh, novel, as well as an episode as an episode on Unsolved Mysteries. Once her death, once her death, Grace Grace Brown's ghost has. Since her death, Grace Brown's ghost has been uh, seen in seen in around Big Moose Lake. The figure is oft, often witnessed drowning, but some also reported seeing her wandering around the lakeshore or visiting the small cottage and settlements nearby. For whatever reason, Grace seems to try. Uh, Grace seems to try to. Uh, Oh, for some reason, Grace tries to extinguish all the lights in the houses. So apparently, this gal does not like the light. Don't look into the light. That would kind of creep me out. See, it's stories like that, you know. And guys, quit going around getting girls pregnant and then killing them and making these girls come back to be ghosts. I mean, we could cut back on a lot of the uh, ghost hauntings. Okay, I've got two more stories, ladies and gents. I am going to take a coffee break, and I'll be right back. You ever look up at the sky at night and look at the stars and wonder, are we the only ones really out here? Have you ever wondered how much our government hides from us? Have you ever wondered... Why so many mysteries go unsolved? What really happens? What's the clues? What's the evidence? Ever wonder if Bigfoot or Mothman is real? Then, if so, come listen to this podcast called What's Really, really, out, really there? out There. And I am your host, Stephanie Booth. And, and I am my your father. co-host, Stephen Booth, Hafaja. And if you're into UFOs, Unsolved Urban murders, mysteries. unsolved murders, mysteries, uh, unexplained stuff that happened, urban legends. We're into all of that. Conspiracy stuff, too. We go dive into that. So if you're looking for a new podcast that tells that kind of stuff, then you uh, need to listen to What's, what's really, really Out, out there. there. And we are on Spotify and iHeart and Pandora, I think. But we are... Pretty much on every platform. Mm -hmm. We have a YouTube channel, too, or channel. So go check that out. It's called What's Really Out There. So come check us out. Once again, I'm your co-host, Stephen Booth. And I'm your host, Stephanie Booth. And this is What's, What's Really, really out, out There. We'll see you at the next episode, guys. All right.
I'm glad you liked that story. That story is... It's kind of got like a couple names. One name it goes by... The Witch Dance of the Nazareth... Of the... Natchez... Natchez... Uh, Trace. Or it's called The Devil's Backbone... Or The Ghost of Natchez Trace. My... Um... The Mysterious... Barren Pathway. Known as... Known as the... Natchez Trace. God dang, I'm sorry. Hit the freaking mic. The Natchez Trace is a host to oldies of uh, ghastly tales. From deep in the south's most fab- uh, from deep in the south's, south's most fabulated uh, place. The, mis- the Mississippi River at Natchez to the southern <clears throat> to the southern country capital of Nashville, Tennessee, the trace winds and haunts through foggy moss-covered forest and blue mud and cr- uh, blue mud crypts to wave tales only the bravest and most dare to tell. Stories and oh my God, I gotta adjust my mic. I'm sorry about that. Anyways. Uh, the stories the stories range from mayhem and suicidal heroes to demons, witches, and wolfmen. Other tales include pirates who prey not only on riverboats but also on whirly land travelers for giving homeward on those spooky and often weird peaceful trace trails. If you dare step into the world of these of secret lure, you do as your uh, you do it at your own risk. Let's get on with the goddamn story. I didn't know this was gonna be such a big ass tale. Okay, these legends include tales of buried treasures, goat treasures, ghost stories, outlaws, witches, and more. The Natchez Trace is very uh, uh, is very old, dating back thousands of years to the days of the Mississippi uh, to the Mississippi mud builders. Later, it was utilized by the uh, Choctaw, Chickasaw, and Natchez tribes, who called the region home and traveled up up and down the trail on hunting and in hunting and trading. <coughs> Expedic- ex- uh, expeditions. I gotta get a drink. Sorry if I can't fucking talk. I sound like Forrest Gump tonight trying to freaking read. Okay. Ticka, 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 ticka. By the time the first European explorer, Hernando de Santo, came to the region in 1541, the path was well worn. And the Mississippi mud builders were gone. Later, more explorers would use the uh, wilderness road, followed by the uh, frontiersmen and pioneers. Unfortunately for the honest immigrants, hunters, and traders that used the trail, there were many who lurked within the forest and swamps, just willing to pounce upon them. By the early early eighteen hundreds, the trace had been had become a favorite hideout for outlaws. Uh, 
such notorious as such notorious names as the Harper brothers, uh, Joseph Thompson Hare, and Samuel Wolfman Mason practiced their uh, land private ways along the trace, committed blo uh, bloody murders, which included robbing, torturing, and manipulating and killing innocent victims along the trail. Many who dared to travel along the Natchez Trace during this time were never seen again. Man, that's a pretty long, uh, yeah, that's a big trail. It just kind of cuts through the land right there. Hmm. You got Alabama on one side, Mississippi, Tennessee, and, huh. Okay, along the Natchez, okay. Just south of the Tupelo is a sign which reads, The Witch Dance, where local legend says witches once gathered here to dance, and that whenever their feet touched the ground, the grass withered and died, never to grow again. And along the trace, there are places that are said to be haunted, especially in Natchez. Here a sinister... Presence is said to lurk in the uh, Devil's pe uh, Punch Bowl, a particular la uh, land formation on the Mississippi River. At a once notorious and violent area called the Natchez Under the Hill, a number of ghosts are said to lurk. And elsewhere, previous owners of their beautiful Mansions are said to contain the uh, to contain uh, are said to still contain to be inside within their uh, old uh, homesteads. Yet more tales of hidden pirate loot and cash is cash buried by the sil by Silver War soldiers was also added to the many legends of the Natchez Trace. Well, I bet you that's a spooky place. I didn't realize that one had so much history. Yeah, go look. It's uh, up. It's a. Uh, <coughs> it's an old, um, just a old, uh, old. Um, I guess you'd call it trading trail or, or trading route. You know, it was along the Mississippi. So, hmm, pretty cool. Go look it up. I'm sorry if I'm fumbling my words. Oh, Lord. But I'm glad it's Wednesday. Okay, we have two more stories to, to go. You know what? Oh, no. This is my last story. Mm, let's check it out and see what it is. Okay, this is the Braley's Pond. This is in the Georgia Washington National Park in Virginia. Okay, located out in the Georgia Washington and Jefferson National Forest. Man, I better quit that crap. I'm sorry, I hear something picking or tickling. Okay, located in the George Washington and Jefferson National Forest. Sorry about that. Okay, in the Jefferson National Forest of Virginia in the United, in the United States is a little 
lake and campground called Barley Pond Campground. Just outside of the just outside of West Augusta, Virginia. By day it is a <clears throat> by day it is a tranquil place full of uh, fun outdoor activities including hiking, picnicking, mountain biking, camping, fishing and horseback riding. Here there are woodlands, <clears throat> a pond stocked with fish and numerous numerous trails to go sightseeing on and there are beautiful trees around the pond's shores it is a popular outdoor recreational area for people from all over the state yet there is a grim there is a grim tale to the to the it's all with a dark history history of murder and death and barely and Braley Pond Campground has managed to accure a reputation for being one of the most haunted places in the country, perhaps inhabited by dark forces. Hmm, very interesting. Besides several suicides recorded from the area, one of the most, excuse me, horrific incident that occurred was a victim's was a victim was murdered in may of 2003 when 19 year old christopher s kennedy was lured here and stabbed to death by gang members his body uh was dumped into the water according to the uh according to the lure they have been other oh according to the lore there have been other bodies found in the pond in the surrounding wilderness some of them which have never been identified and so already the stage the stage for this to be a haunted place is set and in deep campers and hikers oh and indeed campers and hikers are hikers have supposedly reported all manner of strange paranormal activity in the Braley Pond and its campground. So, apparently this goddamn pool is haunted. Everything around it is haunted. Hmm. One of the most uh, commonly reported... Let me get a drink. Hmm. <sighs> Burning the midnight oil, baby. <clears throat> okay, one of the most commonly reported uh, ghost sightings at the campground is a sudden sinking feeling of nausea and pure dread that will suddenly descend upon victims out of nowhere only to stop just as abruptly as it started. And many hikers have complained about feeling an, an unexplainable sense of feeling distorted at times, even more frightening than these are reports of the uh, hearing people laugh, the laughter of children along the area's trails, and there's tales of uh, shadow figures and orbs 
and light, and they uh, see some light sometimes. Some of the most uh, frightening of these uh, activities is, is is contracted around the pond, with uh, apparitions seen both above and below the water. The sound of someone thrashing about in the water, even though no one is there and swimming is, swimming is not allowed, and the overwhelming sense of being watched. There have even been reports of people being overcome by strange compulsion to go into the water, complaining that it felt as if someone was calling upon them and begging them to do this. Some cases people have described feeling as if something is warming into their is warning is worming into their mind as a kind of impending insanity and in and, and, and indeed one uh, paranormal researcher from the uh, local paranormal society alleged he went insane and committed suicide shortly after investigating the uh, site in 2006. Holy shit. He brought some bad mojo home with him. Out of all these scary reports of the Be- uh, Braley Pond campground, one of the uh, weirdest and most tragic comes from a paranormal investigator and psychosensitive, uh, or a, uh, what do they call him, a, a psychic mind by the name of Shay Willis, who visited the pond in 2003 along with a group of other amateur ghost hunters. She claims that upon arriving, she immediately sensed that this place was heavy with a, sun, with a sense of a fearful dread, which, it, which, which she felt was coming from an outside source and describes as feeling something that belonged to someone else. As the group approached the pond, she says that this feeling began to graduate intensely and that there, and that it was sent, sensed by the whole group, with a few of them becoming uh, physically na- nauseous and unable to continue. Willis would, uh, relate, uh, would relate to the uh, Charles Moss of the sensitive... Had a hat on her. Oh, Willis would relate to the uh, Charles Moss of sensation on her. That's what I was trying to say. Man, this place is creepier and creepier. I guess this is, uh, in her words, what she said. I was surprised by my reaction to it. It was definitely the strongest reaction I've ever had. And I've gone on thousands of investigations in some really strange places. I've been into places that you know six feet, 240-pound man won't go. So this place even scared her. They decided to call the investigation for the day. But Willie and follow and fellow uh, researchers, Chris were, Chris, were intrigued and returned to the area that evening around 11.30 p.m. Again, that that same feeling came back on them again, 
and dread begin working its way into their minds. And as Willis claims that <clears throat> she had the distinct impression that it was an that it was an intentional, precise saying, I felt as though I was uh, waiting for. It was waiting for us. Another, uh, another uh, presence behind the original one. This one did not like the others. In fact, it did not even feel human. As they walked over a bridge, over the pond, she claims that they saw a large, bright orb, green light, in some trees, which suddenly vanished into thin air, and splashed sound became. And a splash sound began out of big, began out over the murray waters of the pond. That sudden, that sounded like a person thrusting about. Although they could not see anything, there was things that the this is this is where things get more bizarre. Willie says that Arnold began to panic and shout that something was coming for them, prompting them to make a hasty retreat. As they did, Arnold was then apparently shoved by some unseen force to go plummeting into the icky black water below, of which, he says, he literally flew upwards into the, upwards into the left as if something had hit him right in the middle of his back. <coughs> As she shouted out to, as she shouted out, find, find that Arnold was all right and unhurt. Something then promptly landed on Willie's back to move along like a two-foot-long inchworm. Gross. That'd be a gross feeling. That she described as feeling as though it had some sort of tentacles. As it was, it w- as whatever it was began squirming around her she panicked she panicked and ran back to their truck where arnold was waiting sopping wet but still in one piece she screamed she screamed real loud and was uh that and thinking that that thing was still on her. But when she looked, she could not see nothing. Even as she insisted, it was still crawling all over her. She was, she has claimed that, she has claimed that for weeks her, that her ordeal, ordeal she had, venated nightmares and visions, and explain, and un- explain and unexplained things it was like a communication with whatever these thing this thing was like little bits and pieces of it were still stuck with me according to her whatever it was had flow had followed her back and her son one night even claimed to have seen a man with soaking wet clothes and bloody holes in his chest, standing in the shadows of his room, glaring at him. 
In the uh, coming months, Willis and Arnold made several other trips to the pond. And although there was something quite as intense as that night, they still experienced some odd things as their batteries draining suddenly, strange lights, and other other one bout of lost time, too. They have another bout where they lose time, is what they're trying to say, in which Willis went into a trance while exploring uh, exploring the area alone, only to snap out of it in the restroom near the park uh, near the parking lot with no memory of how she got in there. Willis would eventually feel the presence leave her, and she was uh, worried that she was worried to this day just what they intently what it was. It is a spectacular and horrifying account, for sure. And it leaves one imagine, and it leaves one imagining what what could be going on in this strange place, and what significance the ghost hunters reporter and may other witnesses' accounts of odd experiences having. Is this place haunted by a ghost, or something bigger? You make the call. Well, I hope you guys like that one. It was pretty good. It seems like a creepy ass place. Well, guys, I'm I'm having a shitty night recording. But I'm done now. I'm sorry if this episode so episode sucked, but next week's will be better because you know why? <coughs> next week is episode one. Freaking hundred, man. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's a line out that Stephen LeBooth is going to do. I'm going to have next week's episode just, you know, regular stories. But I'm going to have a bonus episode with just little clips from some episodes I'm going to put in. I'm going to tell you what they are, you know, before I do them. And then we'll play it. And then uh, I'll to pull up another one and just tell you about it and that's what i'm gonna do so i'm looking forward to it next episode's episode 100 man i can't believe it but only people i've got to thank is you guys because if you guys really weren't listening i wouldn't be doing it and i just want you to know it makes me feel good that um i'm being heard all over the world and people really like my uh my stories i tell so means a lot to me guys i appreciate it so much but this has been ghost stories told from the south and don't forget it uh, sorry if i got hiccups sorry i almost forgot don't forget to check our uh, facebook page out check our youtube page out i got it all called up guys i'm gonna like i said i'm gonna get back to doing some more videos next week will be a video for sure since it's uh Episode 100, I'm freaking pumped, excited. It's just, wow. But they're going to have the two-year bash. So, man, this is going to be an exciting month, and I can't wait, guys. But remember, check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, uh, Patreon, Patreon, uh, uh, Pandora. We're pretty much on any platform. So, And then check us out on Facebook, too, guys. But I just want to say thank you, guys. Our, uh, everything's growing. Our numbers are growing and I love it. So you guys be good.
But this has been Ghost Story Told from the South. And I am your host, Stephen Labooth. I hope you have a great evening. And don't get too scared tonight going walking up and down the shores. <laughs>